Hi, I'm Brenda, and I started this podcast because I want to help people. I'm pretty good at helping a person to see things from a different perspective, and I didn't want people to see my face because that's not what's important to me is how I look, but what I'm saying. So I am starting this podcast, and I want to call it, What's Your Story? Because I have lived a long time, and I have met people, and everybody has a story about their life and something that happened amazing in their life, and I like to hear your story. I like to hear what you overcame because I got my stories. I mean, I got some real stories. But this is the first time I'm doing it, and this is a trial basis. I know my voice sounds kind of heavy, but I'm pretty lightweight. I always believe in the good, focusing on the good, focus on moving forward. Stand in motion and keep standing. Oh, maybe that's what I call it. Because one of my sayings is people always say, Oh, Brenda, how you doing? And I'll say, I'm still standing. And I truly believe that through all that's going around, I'm still standing. So, Now I got to figure out how do I can invite people in. But I'm so happy I had a chance to do this because I want to help. I want to impact somebody's life. I want to tell them something that they had never thought about. Like when you're a single parent, I have found out it's so much better to cook your breakfast in the morning. Yep. Get up at five. Put your dinner on. By the time you get dressed and get everything set up, the basic of the dinner or the most important things of the dinner is done. Things like the cornbread, maybe your drink, uh, might not get done. But I used to do this and my daughter would say, Ma, you got the house smelling like roast at 5 o'clock in the morning. But how that helped me was when I would come home in the evening and I done dealt with kids all day, my dinner was done. I just had to make our Kool-Aid or iced tea and maybe bake the cornbread and we could sit down and eat. And I think that made my life a lot more easier when I was single parenting. So I'm just giving you an example of something that I know that I hope can help somebody else. I'm going to stop now. Stop. Stop. What I want to talk about today is how you make sure that your child has something constructive to do for the summer. Around about this time, January, February, March... I used to network with my coworkers to try to find my children 
a job for the summer so they could get work experience, make money, and have something to do. My oldest daughter um, made good grades, and I literally called a law firm one day and spoke to someone in that office and said, I have a daughter. She's an A student. She goes to this school. This is her name. I'm looking for internship work for her for the summer. And, of course, she got the summer job working in a judge, judge's chamber, and a law office the second summer. The other daughter, I got her a job with my coworker. My coworker knew a gynecologist who was in need of a secretary for the summer, and I got my daughter a job with her. What my point is, you got to plan things for your kids for the summer, and I'm talking about the working age. Now, kids who don't work, you can do summer camps or get a job at a summer camp, part-time job at a summer camp, so your kids can go to summer camp. But it's good to start networking with the people you know about your child and their accomplishments and how they could get some type of work because you never know who know who. What I want to talk about today is how to avoid feeling guilty when you are out and having a good time. So I only could go out maybe twice a month every other week or once a month. And I only went out when I got paid. And if before I would go out, if I knew I was going out on Saturday, I would clean my house Friday night put Saturday's dinner on, take my kids out to the park, to the movie, to wherever they wanted to go, ballet, tap. And I would get other friends to go with us so we can have a good time. And when I would come back home from taking the kids out and having a good time, the house was clean, clothes was washed, my dinner was practically cooked. I would finish cooking my dinner and... I would go out, and the girls knew that I was going out, and they wasn't. I wasn't. They wasn't making me feel guilty anymore, because they understood that grown-ups go out and have fun at night, and kids have fun during the day. So when I would go out and shake my head and have a good time, and and because the house was clean. Sunday dinner was already cooked. I had got the girls whatever treats they want, like a hot sausage, pickle egg, vinegar and salt potato chips. Um, I would have to get what they wanted. I would rent some movies so they could watch movies. And I would go out, and I wouldn't feel guilty. And that's one of the things that I liked about doing it that way because I didn't have that guilt feeling of my house not being in order when I'm out having a good time. And it worked for me. Practically, I did it that way the whole time I was single parenting. 
even with the pay periods, sometimes if I didn't get paid enough money, I wouldn't go out because I would budget 50 bucks to go out with. And I had a good time and I didn't feel guilty. And when I would come home Saturday morning early, the house was clean, dinner was cooked. We got up, went to church, came back home. I had already cooked dinner on Saturday so we could eat Sunday dinner and relax and get ready for the next week. I had to teach my daughter that when she is at her grandma's house, who were very different people, and she had to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, to them, and stay in a child's place, as they would tell her. And when she would come home from being with them, and they lived in another state, and when she would come back home from being with them, she would tell me about how the household was ran and how her aunts were very strict about a, a kid being in their place. So I told her, I said, Devin, when you at your aunt house and grandma house, yes, say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, do what they tell you to do. And when you come home, you don't have to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am to me. When you go to school, you have to act a certain way because that's a different environment. When you come home, you can be more relaxed. So kids have to learn, I, I call it masses. You have to put on a mask and do the behavior that's expected of you. When you go to the library, you put on the library mask. You don't talk loud. You don't run in the library. You don't destroy the library books and materials. And when you're not in the library and you are in the hallways, you can talk and laugh and not run, but you can be relaxed. When you walk into the classroom, you put the classroom mask on. This teacher expects for me to sit in my seat and do what I'm told. When you're not with that teacher, you can take the mask off. So learning to behave in accordance to the environment that your kid is in helps them a lot. And I always tell them, when you're in the library, you can't talk loud. When you go to church, you can't yell and scream other than the people who got the Holy Spirit. But you can't play in the church. Church have a behavior that they expect. Library has a behavior that they expect. Classroom has a behavior that the teacher expects. Parents have a behavior that they expect. And when you go to relatives' house, they have a behavior that they expect. What I want to talk about today is called letting go. When you're single parenting, and in my case, I had two different baby dads, and I was angry with them because they got girlfriends, bought houses with girlfriends who turned into wives, and went on with their life. And my daddy 
uh, had me to extend my arms and ball my fists up. And he tried to stick, stick his finger in my balded fist. And he said, can anything get in? And I said, no. He said, open your fist. Can something get in? I said, yes. He said, you got to let go. You got to stop being mad at the baby dads. You had the children. They're your responsibility. If the dad does something, it's extra. But you got to figure on you as the head of your house. So I stopped being mad at the dads and I threw myself into my children and being all about them, what their future was, where they were going for the summer, who was their friends, was they exposed like to flying in a plane or taking a trip on a train. And when I let go to hurt, I was able to be a better parent. You cannot hold on to anger and expect to have a good life. You got to forgive so you can let a good life come into your life. So as a single parent, you got to let it go. And I would tell my children they dad live a different life from their mom. In this podcast, I want to talk about letting go of the hurt from your children's fathers. I have two daughters from two different men, and both of them are married now. But when I was single parenting, I had to stop thinking about them. I had to literally let go of the hurt. I had to let go of being mad, and the only thing I could think was throw myself into being a single parent. Be all about your kid. Just be about your child, your home, and presenting yourself as a good parent. That To me, that was my reward. So I stopped thinking about the dads. I stopped thinking about how they done me wrong. I stopped thinking about I was left holding the bag, and I had to let it go. And once I let it go, it it made it easier for me to deal with them. What I want to talk about today is my background as a single parent. I had a daughter when I was 16, and my mom died when I was 7, and I was raised by my dad. And then I had another daughter when I was 30. And the only thing I could think was, as a single parent, is that I had to be fair to these girls and make sure that they be productive citizens, that they know how to survive in the world, and that they have to keep a lifestyle. One of my daughters graduated from Howard University, the first daughter. She worked for President Bush for two terms, eight years. 
Um, and presently working for for the Central Intelligence. My other daughter graduated from Full Sail, and she is presently working with Oprah Winfrey as a writer and won a horizon in California. So the sacrifice I made, not getting married, not getting serious about no man, staying focused on my kids, and making sure that they got exposed. They went to plays. They went to nice restaurants. They had fun memories. I always made photo books of the holidays to kind of keep it exciting. And myself, I went to seven different colleges until I finished. I got my bachelor's in 2012, and I got my master's in 2017 as a single parent. One of the things about being a single parent and going to school is you have to do it at a time that's going to work out for you. For an example, when I was trying to go to school when my oldest daughter was a little girl, because she was pretty disciplined, I didn't have to beat her. She was a very quiet, very good kid. And I could do my homework when she went to bed at night. So that worked out for a minute, but I couldn't really, really study hard because I was always concerned about her dance class, her charm class, you know, was she getting exposure? Um, Was she reading certain books and being exposed to different things? So the reason why I'm telling you all this because I want you to know that when you're rearing kids as a single parent, only thing you can do is hope and pray that they come out and try to do your best to instill good human behavior habits. Good human behavior habits. Things that they can take with them when they become adults. I can almost guess what my children are doing at a certain time or a certain day. For an example, the daughter that works with Oprah, who lives in California, she'd been in California for seven years. On Sundays, she is cleaning her house, cleaning the refrigerator, bleaching down the apartment, and getting herself ready for the week. Well, they were reared like that. That's how I reared them. You have to get ready for the next week. Make sure your house stay clean. On this podcast, I want to talk about how important it is to treat kids and other people nice and be compassionate towards them. I always felt like that if I treat other children kind and if I'm kind to co-workers and other people, 
that when my children go out in the world, people will treat them kind. You want your children to come around people or be around people who's going to look out for them, who's going to give them good advice, who's going to put a few dollars in their pocket if they need it. It's almost like having another mother around you. So my attitude was, I want my kids to be around good people. I want my kids to meet good people. But I have to be a good person to the people I meet. I have to be a good person to the kids that I come in contact with. I have to be a good person to my coworkers. And my attitude was always treat people kind and compassionate, be compassionate, because I want my children to run into kind, compassionate people. And it have worked. This podcast, I want to talk about how important it is to treat the people who babysit your kids, have any type of interaction with your kids, or um, just do little things for your children. And you want to have friends who got kids so y'all can babysit for each other. My babysitter was a community babysitter, and she used to keep kids. And what I learned from my dad is that because she was the babysitter, I had to do stuff for her without her asking. And I had to show her great respect and gratitude. What I mean is she used to drink them RC sodas. That was one of her favorites. And when I went to the store, I would get her a case of RCs. She didn't ask me to. I would buy paper towers because I knew she used a lot of paper towers with keeping kids. I would buy milk because she would give the kids milk. And I tried to buy little things that she used, like grits. She she used to cook hot grits for the kids. So I would always pick her up a large box of grits. And the reason I would do this stuff, because I was so grateful that she babysit my kids, both of my kids. So when you have somebody, anybody who interact with your kids, even if they just babysitting for you, and you want to go out, make sure you take care of the babysitter. You pay them good, of course, and you get little treats for them without them asking. You buy them a Christmas present. You buy them a birthday present. They become like part of your family. They, Matter of fact, they are part of your family because they deal with your children. You got to treat the people good who come in contact with your children. You got to treat them good. You got to be kind. You got to be thoughtful. You have to learn how to call up the babysitter and say, oh, Miss Betty, do I'm going to the store. Do you need something or do you need a ride? Or even if you got a high school person who keeps your kids, you make sure you ask them after you pay them, 
um, is can you get something for them? Is it something they want? And you make sure you know when they birthday. Even Valentine's Day, you just try to do little things for the people who help you with your children. This is really, really, really important.